Okay, so we still don't have a Pac-12 media rights deal. I, I'm not worried about that. I am a little concerned. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions, which is why, if you haven't already, please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And yes, of course, you can bet the Super Bowl over there. So back in mm, November-ish, October-ish time, the expectation for the Pac-12 media deal was that it would probably come out sometime in January, probably after the national championship game, because you want to be dominating the news cycle or be at the top of the headlines when you announce a new media rights deal and potentially new expansion teams, which is certainly something that that we're expecting at this point in time. I am concerned, not outright worried, and many of you know I've been more optimistic than some in these situations. I'm a little concerned that we still don't have a deal. Because if it's taking this long, Think about it in a sports perspective. When there's a call made on the field, football, basketball, whatever, and they go to the replay and you're a fan of the team that the call is benefiting, the longer the review takes, don't you as a fan sit there and kind of go, oh boy, oh boy, they're looking at this a long time. Because if the call were obvious, and it were going to stand, they would go in there, take a 30-second peek, say, yep, we saw it from three angles, we're going with the call on the field, and then you would move on. But if they're taking a little bit longer, that means they want to see another angle. That means they want to talk with the guys back in New York or wherever the officiating headquarters are. That means they think there is something there that may need to be changed. And the media rights negotiations still not having been completed. And watch, right as the show comes out, very, very early on Saturday morning, a deal will get announced, which would be pretty foolish from a PR perspective. You don't ever want to try and challenge the NFL. So I imagine it will, I, I would hope, I would really hope it would come sometime in February. I thought the end of January was a pretty perfect time. Because again, you want to have a lot of attention. You also want to have a good thing to announce. But to maximize the amount of attention, which is certainly a consideration for the conference as they figure this stuff out, they want to release the details and everything at the right time. The end of January would have been eh, not a bad time. Maybe after the conference championship games in the NFL or just not on the same day, frankly. It could have worked, but I'm concerned right now because if it's taking this long 
which is beyond my expectations and many people who cover the sport. January was kind of the consensus expectation there. It may indicate, I don't have this sourced, it's speculative, but I think reasonably. It may indicate the Pac-12 is not getting everything they want or as much as they want. The longer those officials or the longer those umpires are looking at the replay, the more you start to think, boy, this might not go the way we hope. Now, if the negotiations are still ongoing and they're not just waiting for the right time to roll it out, and it's never a bad idea to let the NFL storylines fade and maybe try to insert it before March Madness because you don't want to go up against that either if you're trying to get the maximum amount of circulation there. It could be that. It, it, could, it could be it's all just taking longer than we think. But I just can't get that possibility out of my mind. It's like, well, if you know that your top two expansion options are San Diego State and SMU, which as I've discussed here on the show, those would be my top two options. And I think those are George K's top two options, our commissioner. If you know that they're there and you can go to the TV networks with, with that, specifically based on what I've been able to surmise, ESPN and Amazon, then what's the holdup? The holdup is probably, again, speculative on my part, what it kind of seems like the holdup is they're further apart on numbers and money and dollar figures than the Pac-12 would perhaps like them to be. It's like when the president negotiates with the Speaker of the House to figure out a budget and the, the two are of opposite parties. There can be instances in which they're pretty far apart. And Amazon is the wild card here. Amazon is completely, you have no idea what they'd be willing to pay. They threw a bunch of money at that Lord of the Rings series. They clearly want to get into sports. They went all in and got Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit for Thursday Night Football. They're trying to get into the sports space. Having them take over the Pac-12 network, I saw a suggestion, I forgot who wrote the piece, but a suggestion that it would be the Pac-12 Prime network. Sounds pretty good. They're they're clearly taking my Pac-12 Prime Picks idea, obviously. Obviously. But I think there's legitimate concern there. Does not mean that disaster is looming. And in terms of expectations, I think if the Pac-12, which has been paying around $33 million per school for the last several years, however many, under the current media rights deal with USC and UCLA – who now depart, that's a big loss. But the value of college football and the potential of Amazon being there, I think makes your value, makes you recover some of the value that that you're losing, right? It, it's not as black and white as, oh, it was 33 before. So now without USC and UCLA, but with SDSU and SMU, it's just going to come out to like 28 per team. It's not quite that simple because the TV contracts go up, 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 up. With USC and UCLA, they probably would have been able to get eh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 million or so. Best, best guess 
just based on what the other conferences have been able to pull. But where should the Pac-12 be? Where does the Pac-12 need to be in terms of a team-by-team media rights payout standpoint? You can't bet that on FanDuel, but there are a lot of other things you can bet on FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl Super Bowl party it's FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're their number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can get the FanDuel Sportsbook app as well, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. When you're looking at these dollar figures, I think the Pac-12 needs to be able to draw somewhere in the mid to high 30s. If they can be a couple million dollars per school higher than the ACC, it'd be pretty hard to argue that the Pac-12 is just completely doomed to fail. No one is arguing that about the ACC, who are locked into their media deal through 2036. That's longer than the Big 12, which just renegotiated their deal, set the new terms, has the new teams in there. Now they're losing Oklahoma and Texas sooner. And the the remainder eight schools are going to get a kickback from that. It's somewhere in the hundred million range to spread out to those eight schools. College athletics TV contracts are indeed pretty darn wild. But I think if you're the Pac-12, your goal here, and it's just the way the league is right now in this moment, you need to just not be last. If you can avoid being last terms of how much you are paying your schools every single year because of your television contract, if you can match that with getting a good number of nationally televised games, the Amazon deal, if that's a part of it, going well, and maybe some better time slots so you don't have so many late nine nine games without abandoning that window because it is a tremendously valuable aspect of the conference for ESPN because they don't really have another league that they can put there. They don't have anything else sports-wise that they could put there, and football dominates compared to you know basically everything else, then I think you're doing okay. That's kind of my moniker for success for George K, is if, you, if you're able to get it above where the previous payout was, which is around $33 million, and you can get it in the mid to upper 30s and maybe down the line once the playoff expands, get it over 40. If you got over 40, it's a home run. Getting it over 40 is a home run. I don't know how likely that is. It depends on how valuable Amazon and the networks would see San Diego State and SMU. What can they bring to the table? And that's a question that all of you are going to try and answer in the YouTube comments and only TV executives who do this stuff for a living can actually answer it. We can speculate. We can talk about numbers Only those people know what the value actually brings. If he were to get it one day to get over 40 million, he'd be doing outstanding. He'd be doing outstanding. On the flip side, if he is below the ACC, which is like 31 million per school, that wouldn't feel as great. It would not feel like that's the best deal you could have possibly gotten. Or maybe it was, and that's just where the conference is at. 
But regardless, I, I feel like this does need to come soon because now, you know, before a month or two ago, I didn't feel like there was a rush. And eh, what's the rush? Everybody else is negotiating. See where the market gets set and then come in and negotiate for yourself. And that gives you time for expansion as well. But now it feels like with every passing day or every passing week, the Pac-12 has less and less leverage because the TV networks could then look at the league and say, right now you need us more than we need you. There's a bunch of other sports content ESPN could go after, whether it's UFC, the NBA, other conferences, like whatever. The Pac-12 needs ESPN right now more than ESPN needs the Pac-12. And as time continues to wane, feels like that situation only gets worse for the league. Next question that I want to address here, and this is not a mailbag question. Actually, let's get to a mailbag question. That'll answer the next one. Uh, this comes from John, who is asking me a question personally, given what I also do for a, uh, a modest living here in my career. I wanted to ask if you had some thoughts brewing on the PAX media contract negotiations. I just gave some. Since you are a broadcaster, a play-by-play -play broadcaster, which I am, I'd especially like to hear your thoughts on the rumored streaming component of the contract. I personally would, would be interested in the streaming component if the pack would license the all 22 film to the streaming service like NFL Premium Plus does. I would love that. I am a film nerd when it comes to football. I watch it far more than anybody, frankly, that I know. And I would love to be able to see the all 22. The NFL also also got rid of that recently, I heard, which is kind of bogus, but from a play-by-play -play perspective, the, the streaming component is interesting. It's an opportunity that I, of course, would love to have as a play-by-play -play guy one day, no question. It's not the exact same. It wouldn't feel the exact same on, you know, what was formerly the Pac-12 network would then be, you know, run by Amazon or, or, or ha what have you as being on linear television. And I think that that's reflected by fans as well. Like the games that have been on Pac-12 Network or the events that have been on Pac-12 Network, they're never as big as the ones that get nationally televised. Matchups, time slots, audience, all that sort of stuff is always amplified on linear cable. What I'd be interested to see is how serious Amazon is to trying to really get people there. Would they be taking those quote-unquote other games and not the big ones because that's just what the package would entail? Or alternatively, would they look at the conference and their deal with ESPN, whatever that says, and say, hey, you, you have, you know, take a big game. Uh, you, you've got the Oregon-Washington game that you're going to put on ESPN. But we want to put, I don't know, the Oregon-Utah game, for instance. Or we want the Utah-Colorado game right? Utah against Coach Prime. We want that game if you have that one. I would be fascinated to hear how those discussions play out because ultimately the TV product is determined and also how appealing it would be to a play-by-play -play guy. Going back to your question here, John, it, it, it's based on the matchup. It's, a, it's, it's based on matchups and intrigue. That's how you get eyeballs to a television, right? The biggest game games in the Pac-12 this year. Oregon-Washington was a huge one. 
USC Utah was a huge one. USC UCLA, good teams, big brands, big stage, big stakes, all that sort of stuff. I, I'd be fascinated to know how that stuff might get adjudicated because I feel like Amazon is not going to just want to put if they are indeed a partner for the Pac-12 and their media rights deal here. I feel like they don't want to just put the the secondary games, you know, the the ASU Cal game or the Washington State Stanford game or, or something like that. That's not the only thing that they're going to be interested in. And I wonder how many of those big games they would actually be able to snack. Now, your, your preparation as a play-by-play guy doesn't change, but the appeal of calling a game on linear cable, that's a goal that every play-by-play announcer, myself included, has because of the massive audience that you can get to. But the streaming numbers, at the end of the day, you know what you want as a play-by-play guy is exposure. And so if the streaming numbers were really, really good on Amazon Prime, well, yeah, that'd be really cool too. That would be a really, really great place to be depending on what they can draw. Now, the other question, this is one that I asked because it was just kind of a thought that I had. Are San Diego State and SMU enough to save the league? If those are indeed the two options, they may not be the only teams the Pac-12 add. They could add more. I suspect it'll be at least those two. Let's say hypothetically, it's only those two. Is that enough to prevent the Pac-12 from losing more teams? Potentially is the best way to answer that. What the league has going for it right now is that the Big Ten lost Kevin Warren. And when Kevin Warren was there, before he went to go be the president of the Chicago Bears, he had indicated very clearly, no, we are not going to continue expanding at this time. Oregon and Washington reportedly, maybe Stanford Cal a little bit, kind of poked around, floated the idea amongst themselves, never really got anywhere. There were no officially reported meetings. There were no phone calls that that we're aware of. Nothing major actually took place on that front. And now they're looking for a new commissioner. So the new guy is going to come in. We don't know when. It could be after the Pac-12 has already announced this new media rights deal. It's pretty perfect timing for George K. Because logically, you could easily arrive at the conclusion, if you're Oregon or Washington, that it's in their best long-term interests to be in the Big Ten financially, because there's so much more money involved in, in that particular conference. And it could make some sense for the Big Ten, too. Washington and Oregon are big TV draws, and they also are, are schools that have got a pretty solid reputation nationally and would fit into the league and help you expand further out to the West Coast, right? Create that kind of West Coast pod, yada, yada, yada. But without a commissioner, the Big Ten is not going to go shopping anywhere. And even when they had one who was aggressive about it, they weren't shopping aggressively for any more Pac-12 schools. So then the question for the league becomes this. Is the Big 12 a serious threat to coming after your most important teams or any teams for that matter? And to me, that answer is no. To a lot of people, that answer is yes. But you can 
roll your eyes at this as much as you want. Conference realignment has always had academics and reputation at the core of what is taking place. It's not an accident for more reasons than one that USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten. It actually had nothing to do really with football. Not nothing, perhaps. USC with Lincoln Riley is a big appeal. But did the Big Ten need to get more competitive in football? No. But you know why they picked the LA schools or why the LA schools picked them and the Big Ten said yes? Yep, TV market is appealing. Sweetens the deal. Okay, absolutely. They don't need USC and UCLA to win conference championships for the move to work out. Because academically, they are a fit in the Big Ten that has a number of premier academic institutions. And the reputation of USC and UCLA on that front is very pronounced. And the Big Ten presidents knew that, and that's why they were willing to accept them. Now, the Pac-12 has some schools that are not as academically inclined or committed as others, but the ones that are the most important to the league right now, that being Oregon, Washington, Utah, probably Stanford as well, those are not schools that reputationally are going to be so quick to jump to the Big 12 just for athletics. They are not. That that is not something that every one of those university presidents, the athletic directors might, the fans might, coaches might. They might say, hey, if we went to the Big 12, we'd really bolster them in a football sense. Yep, legitimate argument there. Totally get it. And it, it is a consideration. It's not the only consideration. Which is why I think as long as you add some teams that bring some amount of value, yeah, the conference is going to be weaker than it was before in more ways than one, but is it enough to survive to add San Diego State and SMU? I think that answer is yes. In the short term, while the Big Ten looks for a new commissioner, and while the Pac-12 is trying to ink its deal right now, which they should probably do before the Big Ten gets a commissioner who might come in and say, yeah, we actually want to go get Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal, bring them over to the Big Ten and have a big West Coast party. You better go before that happens. I think the Big Ten's a much bigger threat than the Big 12. I wanted to close with this. The Pac-12 just had a great football season. I am not optimistic about what's going on in the basketball sense right now. March Madness is right around the corner. I love college basketball. If you've got a question about college basketball, you fire away and ask me because I freaking love it. I watch more regular season college basketball than like all my friends combined. When I'm getting ready for broadcast, I will just throw on any random college basketball game. Give me Creighton and Seton Hall. Give me Texas and Oklahoma State. Give me, I don't care. Absolutely love it. Greatest sporting event on planet Earth, March Madness. The Pac-12 is looking like it will be, in all likelihood, at maximum a four-bid league. The best conferences in the country are adding like, you know, seven to nine teams. The Big 12 is literally going to add, I think, eight to nine teams. 
to the NCAA tournament. The Pac-12 might add four, might, but is looking like it could be three. Just for context, the context, the West Coast Conference, you know, Gonzaga and everybody else, St. Mary's looks pretty good this year. They got this young point guard, Aiden Mahaney, who's really good. The WCC is going to add two. The Pac-12 is going to barely get three. And if they're lucky, we'll get four. I don't know what's going on over there. Bad coaching hires. They've been retained too long in some places. Mark Fox at Cal. I just am am puzzled by how football had, after, after football had such a great season, they really, really did. It was an outstanding regular season. You had six teams in the top 25 by the end of the year. And basketball is just laying an egg. Arizona and you it's we're going back to the money ball here the money ball scene my favorite one there's UCLA and there's Arizona and then there's 50 feet of crap and then there's everybody else like those two are, are so much better than everybody else and it's not particularly close I think either can make a run to the elite eight I don't think either can make a final four push I, I just feel like UCLA is missing one more piece. And I feel like Arizona is is good, but a little streaky. I'm still stoked for March Madness. I hope one of those teams proves me wrong. I don't think anybody else really will. The other team that's projected to get in as of today is USC, who lost on Thursday to Oregon, who have, yikes, disappointed big time this year. It's not the best time to be a Pac-12 basketball fan. It's just, you got Oregon State is way down. Cal is terrible. Stanford's no good. ASU and Utah have faded. I don't know, man. I don't know. They got got to address a number of things on that front. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day.